Welcome in to By Order of the Peaky Blinders, our podcast breaking down every single episode and beyond of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And I'm Josh Levy. We are here to break down everyone's feedback. We got a lot of exciting theories, predictions, just hot takes about certain things. So we're, we're, we're really excited to break it down. We miss you guys, but we're back. Yeah, we did take, we took a week off. We both went on a little bit of a vacation. We, we, we really, uh, burn through seasons three and four so we can get all that stuff out for you. And in time for the season five Netflix release. And if, if you guys, you know, haven't sent in your, your feedback, go ahead and send it to us. B O O T peaky blinders at gmail.com. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook where we sent out a, a pretty heartfelt thank you because today we found out that we cracked into the top 200 globally among TV and film podcasts currently ranked 161. I'm choking up a little bit, Josh. This is really He's crying. Cool. I'm, I'm crying, man. I'm shedding a tear, man. We're growing up. We're growing up, but, uh, we appreciate all the support. We're, uh, we're, we're, we feel like we've gotten a lot better since the start and you know we're we're just here to provide the content that you fans want uh seasons 1 through 5 if you guys haven't watched this show you know if you guys are just newcomers to the podcast you know this is truly the greatest show on television and Daniel and I are doing this because we just genuinely love this show so much so we're happy to provide this for you guys and we're nowhere near finished you know through the off season we're going to continue to provide content we might peek into a couple other shows you know, go ahead and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. Would love to grab some more of your reviews. We've gotten about a dozen or so reviews on Apple Podcasts, so go ahead and subscribe, rate us, review us. Some good, some bad, but you know what they say, Josh. You can't make it until you have some haters. The haters just fuel the fire, Daniel. That's all I got to say. We, won't, we, <laughs> we invite the haters, all right? We, we really do. We really do. But... There's something that you also failed to mention, Daniel, by cracking that top 200. And there's, I don't believe I see any other uh, Peaky Blinders podcast on there, which means that we are officially the number one Peaky Blinders podcast. And, you know, this is not one of those movie advertisements, you know, number one uh, action movie in America, number one horror movie of the decade. We are officially facts only the number one Peaky Blinders podcast. So we've officially made it. Yeah, I don't think you can dispute it because, I mean, all you got to do is look at the global list and, and it's thanks to you guys around the world. I mean, we've got 33 countries represented by all of our listeners from Australia to Mexico, from Canada to the United States, of course, largely represented by the UK. So we thank you guys so much and we really have to thank our loyal Peaky Heads. And if you guys want to be among the upper echelon of those loyal Peaky Heads, like the ones who have joined our Patreon, you can catch bonus episodes. What Josh and I are going to do is break down every single episode of Season 5 again. But this time, it won't be the instant reaction. It'll be the well-reviewed, deeply discussed, spoiler-filled episode-by-episode deep dive into Season 5. So go ahead and join us on our journey on patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. We're going to throw the link into the show notes. For $5 a month, you can be a Patreon like our ones who have joined us already and listened to those. If you don't want to do that and just want to show your appreciation or if you have already done that and feel like you know you want to tip us for our services, you can join the tip jar and just donate whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, a hundred dollars, it doesn't matter. We appreciate every single donation. So patreon.com slash by order of peaky where Josh and I already have kind of come up with a couple good episode themes that we're going to be rolling out for you through the months of the winter while we wait 
for season six from Anthony Byrne and Stephen Knight and Killian Murphy. And, and I think uh, Sam Clayton's going to be coming back too. I heard a little spoiler, uh, maybe not a spoiler, but just a little tease from Knight that, that Oswald Mosley will be uh, journeying into season six. And I mean, this show is perfect for what we want to do beyond season five, beyond any current episodes, you know, we provided all those 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 full and in-depth recaps, you know, spoiler-free for you guys because we wanted to catch you up for season five. But Stephen Knight created this show because he wanted to make everyone think and he wanted everyone to ponder things. And so what we're doing with, with these bonus episodes is we're really going deep dive beyond the deep dive, you know, thinking about what possible things can come out of the, the future of Peaky Blinders, what could have been, what may be, what, what didn't actually happen. So... Stephen Knight, you know, kind of get birthed this show to to make us all think differently, and that's what exactly what we're doing. And so we appreciate any, uh, you know, help, feedback, any kind of things that you guys would want to see that we would do because we're open to anything. So we're just gonna have fun with this, guys. All right, so let's dive into some of these feedbacks. We've got people commenting on Facebook throughout season five. We've got emails sent in. We'll start with Louise from either Denmark or Norway. I couldn't figure it out, but uh, Louise says she really likes listening, but for season five as a whole, she liked it, the script, the acting, everything was great, but she didn't like the plot. She said the plot was nah. <laughs> she didn't like the Billy Boys, didn't really like Oswald Mosley's, didn't like that we didn't get enough of Johnny Dogs, and that was her biggest fault of the season. What do you have to say to that, Josh? I, I hear her, and I think we, we shared the same sentiments a little bit here and there about season five's plot, and... I don't think it's the plot that was kind of bad. It's just we've gone away from the traditional Birmingham gang versus gang kind of world. You know, we've really gone into the political realm. And and it, it's just a testament to, to the times changing in the show and the political climate and where we are. And that's what Stephen Knight is kind of portraying. So I hear her in the sense that it was kind of meh and that she didn't like some of the things. But I'm a, I'm a big... You know, I trust the writer, I trust the directors and what they're doing, and I believe in their vision. And this show hasn't failed me yet, so I'm a big believer that it's setting up season six in a way that the plot, in hindsight, is going to you know tie together perfectly. That's a good point. I, I would have liked more Johnny Dogs. I feel like we got a lot of Johnny Dogs in season four once we did that rewatch. On hindsight, it's like season three, I should say. We got a lot, a lot of, Johnny of Johnny Dogs, dogs there. Yeah when they decided to go back to Birmingham and he was, you know, dealing with the, the tunneling and all that, and we didn't really see too much of him in, in four and five. But as the, the creator and, and the director said, this is part A of two. Definitely. It's like the, the first act. So I, we, I feel like we're not qualified to really touch on this season until we see season six. But with that being said, I did feel like the Billy Boys were built up to be this massive antagonist, this huge villain, and then they kind of just ended up being a pawn in Oswald Mosley's ploy. When you put it that way, I, I really agree because the first episode with the Billy Boys and like the landmine scene with, you know, the Tommy Shelby OBE on like the Scarecrow, which was ironic because Killian Murphy played the Scarecrow in Batman, which I find this hilarious to this day. But I thought they were going to be like the villain of villains. And they kind of turned soft a little bit, like that they were just not professional and the gang realm. You know what I mean? They were kind of just like loose cannons and I thought they were going to be fucking savages, which they were savages in the way they killed Bonnie, which was disturbing, but they, they set the tone out the gate super heavy. And I was like, didn't really see enough towards the end. So I kind of agree there. It was, and then they kind of joined forces without really arguing too much. And I'll tell you, 
I thought Oswald Mosley was a great villain. So I'm going to have to disagree with Louise there. Didn't like the Billy Boys. I'll agree with her on that, but I'll disagree with Oswald Mosley. I thought he played like a fantastic, almost like uh, like the Sith, where he's kind of, you know, pushing the buttons behind the scenes, but we do get a lot of scenes with him. And that, and that great scene where he makes Arthur kind of crack the, the chair in half. Sam Claflin, and it, it, it's almost like, you didn't know that he could play something this serious because he was such a joke in Hunger Games, and he was cool and he was good looking and all that stuff. Yeah, but didn't he end up, he didn't, didn't he end up being a dick and like a huge villain in Hunger Games? It wasn't, yeah, but it was almost like a yeah, no. he was there for show. He didn't he didn't really act a serious role. I hear you on that. And he was, I mean, as you said, he was Oswald Mosley in the beginning. I was just like, I in the beginning, I don't know if you thought this, but I didn't really think that he was going to be such a huge player in the season. Oh, I had a feeling. I mean, there was a purpose. There's a purpose for everything in the show. As I mean, every show has a purpose for things. Not just throwing him there for no reason. But the moment when he yelled for his whiskey, like, "Where's my fucking whiskey?" I was like, "Okay, okay, this guy's batshit." Even before I knew who he was, remember when they first met Mosley and Tommy? And we're gonna we're gonna really dive into this now. Now, Josh and I have not seen season five since it came out. Since we did that fresh instant take. So if if you guys want our season five episode one. Deep Dive. It'll be coming out later this week on our Patreon. So go ahead, patreon.com slash peaky if you really want to dive in. I promise it'll be worth the $5 a month, which is what, like half of a Starbucks coffee? I mean, sometimes not even. <laughs> a Starbucks coffee and a pastry is, uh, is, is, is more than half of that. So I think their first, their first interaction, I didn't even know who this guy was. I didn't know he was a real-life you know, fascist all these things that we're going to dive into what he really did in real life now that we can add spoilers. Once I found that out, I was like, oh, it's obvious that he's going to be a bad guy. But when I saw him talk to Tommy, I'm like, okay, this guy's either going to line up to be a Churchill type where he's going to use Tommy or he's just going to be the ultimate bad guy because he said like two words. I didn't think he was going to be so evil and like bad intentioned. I thought he was like someone of high power, which I mean he is, but of someone that was going to use their like political affiliation to like drive some cause. But I didn't think it was going to be such a nasty cause. Like I didn't think it was going to be so Hitler-esque, which it ended up culminating into. It was, it was, he was Hitler. And a lot of people on Reddit, on like Peaky Reddit, which Peaky Reddit's a great community, by the way. They're not, they're, everyone's, it's it's not Game of Thrones Reddit at all. It's you know, so much better. It's so much better. It's, so, it's such, it's not a hostile environment at all. Everyone is. <laughs> everyone's friends. Everyone's in good spirits. And <laughs> everyone was comparing him to Hitler. And it's like, I, I couldn't think of a better comparison. And I think that was super intentional on behalf of Stephen Knight. And so Luis also comments and says, oh, by the way, Murphy needs to get an Emmy nod. Have you guys any idea why Peaky Blinders has never reached Emmy status. I don't, I don't know. This is a good idea. This is a good question. This is something that I think a lot of people have asked. And, and I just think it's such a political environment that the fact that Stephen Knight didn't throw hundreds of million dollars into this, the fact that, that they created this in using thousands of pounds instead of millions of pounds, and, and they've talked about it in their interviews, it's just not a show like Chernobyl, like The Crown. They said they, in, in a whole series, in five seasons, they didn't use as much money as The Crown did in one season. And I think that's why they're just not getting the recognition because they consider them almost like an indie TV show. But but I but I think that's a testament to how great the show is, is that they're it's just pure talent and pure great writing and directing where they don't have to invest all this money to make the show so great, where it's just great on its merits on its own. You know, like I don't think that you should be grading the 
the success of a show based off of how many dollars go into the production. Like some of the best movies of all time don't take a lot of money. You know, this isn't one of the shows that, you know, you need to have such crazy costume design and whatnot. It's just, it's just pure great television and Killian Murphy, man. I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen better acting on a television show in my life. I, I mean, it, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. And I will take that to the grave. But seasons one through five consistently, every single episode, he is unbelievable. It's great. And I'm trying to look up now some of the nominations for this year because I feel like Bodyguard was nominated. So it's it's not fair to say it was. Bodyguard was nominated. So it's not really fair to say that BBC is being, you know, unfairly judged because obviously you know um what's her name from killing eve won best actress i mean jodie comer she she won and and phoebe waller bridge won for for writing so all these bbc shows are getting you know recognition just not just not peaky i must say i i watched fleabag within a matter of like two days i finished the show hold on we're going to get to that because we have a question asking us what else we're watching. So we're going to get to that at the end. Okay, but first, okay. you know, before we dive into a couple more feedback things, I want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by a company that is near and dear to Josh and I's heart. It, it doesn't just say that they're going to help the less fortunate. They do it. Like Tommy Shelby with the Grace Institute for the uh, what underinsured or non-insured children. For the non-insured children. It's bare-bottom clothing. And they make the best everyday adventure menswear from essential khaki shorts to wild stretch swim trunks. I've got a pair. I know Josh has a few. I got a pair. Oh, they yeah. have these oh, joggers, yeah. which are perfect for this time of the uh, year. Everything is made with premium adventure ready fabrics that is designed to be super comfortable all day long. And of course, this is the best part. For every pair of shorts that you buy, they donate one to a child in Bangladesh that needs it more than you or I do. They really do. So go to barebottomclothing.com. Bear like the animal, B-A-B-E-A-R. Bear like the animal, B-E-A-R, bottomclothing.com. And here's the best part. If you use the promo code PEAKY, you get 15% off. So you get money off and you donate to charity. So we're happy to have them as a sponsor. Hey, Daniel, you know what, you know what, that, you know what we call that? A steal. That's a steal. It's a win-win situation. Everyone wins there, so go ahead and do that. Cannot wait to... I just ordered a pair of those joggers, and I'm excited to get them in because I'm freezing my butt off. It's about 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit where I'm at right now, and uh, it's cold. I'll tell you right that. So we've we got to get to one of our one of our most loyal peaky heads. And in fact, we've got a couple in a row from from our big-time you know, feedback and, and listeners, and it's Christine or better known as Lady Ferg, and she's got a she's got a paragraph for us. All right, after we posted the finale episode, she said, "I'm conflicted, Josh, because the Peaky Blinders formula is kind of thrown out the window." Christine says, "The first time they've left us on a cliffhanger, and while she was somewhat prepared for that based off of rumors floating around, she didn't enjoy it. She said the end felt messy and rushed." She hears we won't have to wait as long for a season six premiere, and, and she's assuming they won't have a time jump, although I, I might disagree there. But she said the wait's going to be unsettling. So let's, she has three subjects, so let's, let's attack the cliffhanger first. What do you think of Tommy putting a gun to his head in what felt like a dream sequence with him and Arthur sitting in the, in the house, and then all of a sudden he's out with the horse, and then boom, the episode ends? It was riveting television because i mean and i mean did you say it's steven knight or anthony byrne talked about what next season's gonna be like i heard byrne in an interview with yeah, bbc so byrne talks about how next season's gonna be a lot of you know diving inside the mind of tommy shelby and so this past the end of this past season was so it's kind of like an introduction to you know part b 
of, of this season and diving into the psyche of Tommy Shelby. And I, I didn't dislike it. I just think that like now we have so much uncertainty about this, the mental state of Tommy Shelby. And he, he seems actually frightened of Oswald Mosley. He refers to him as the devil multiple times throughout the season. You know, talks about how he doesn't know if he's if, if he can defeat this man, if he's finally met the man that he can't defeat. So I think that that cliffhanger was just to kind of introduce what next season's going to be like because he's gone. He's 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 at, he's at rock bottom. He really has. So I mean, it's it was unsettling in the sense that we have to wait and it's going to be crazy, but. I mean, we've we've seen cliffhangers before. I, I, season one was a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, we had no idea who was gonna get shot. We knew someone was getting shot. Right. We didn't I know mean, who. yeah, it's 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 just crazy. Let's just let's let's just call it what it is. Tommy's not shooting himself in the head. For sure not. For sure not. I mean, I mean, he he could pull one of those he's things not. where he he's shoots not. himself and he misses, like his where he doesn't actually kill himself and he gets another brain hemorrhage of some sort, but. He's losing his mind, and we talked about it in one of the in one of the Grace's Secret seg- segments uh, in hindsight on whether or not he's still feeling those the ramifications of his brain hemorrhage from Father's use. And I think that there's little subtleties like that that Stephen Knight and Anthony Byrne wanted to introduce that he might still feel be feeling the ripple effects from that horrid accident. And so Ferg also says that she's down for a spoiler-filled season five recap. She's been taking a lot of notes during her rewatch, so she's curious what kind of insight we might have. So, Christine, feel free to send us that as we go along. She's a member of our Patreon, so she's going to be able to listen to every single Season 5 episode that we put out on that app, on that website, on patreon.com slash Peaky. So, I know Ferg was yelling at us. You ready for this, Josh? I'm ready. She was shouting at us when we were trying to figure out why Michael was in Detroit in our final recap, in our final instant reaction. But we got there. We she got said, it. We got it. She said, you figured it out. She's from the D, Detroit. So cars are a big part of her life around there. So it's obvious that Michael wanted to, you know, in the in the 20s, deal with the, the Fords, the Henry Fords of the world. And I'm sure he made a lot of money on that before he lost it all in the crash. And then finally, she says, holy shit, Daniel, that bomb you dropped about the scene with Alfie being possibly a dream. She said she freaked out. I'm still shook from that. I'm still shook. Like I I'm, I don't know I don't want to think it but it's it's cool that they didn't tell us you know what I mean yeah he said it in an interview he left it out to perception and if you want Alfie to be alive like we do he's alive if you if you wanted it to be a dream it's didn't a dream. she also mention that they kind of like overused the dream like like the that they kind of overused the people dying and coming back to life thing or is that someone else yeah so that's no that, that's the next paragraph Christine sent us a, an essay and so I have a feeling we might have to break this up into two feedback episodes because we've got some stuff from Carol we've got some stuff from Bethany we've got a lot of things Ben has has a feedback here for us we might have to do another episode I want to keep them under 30 minutes for you guys you know driving to work or driving home so we can always just whip another one out later in the week but Christine also says in regards to Alfie Solomon's return she's conflicted because having Tommy and Alfie in a room together was special. Their chemistry was palpable, which I couldn't agree more for. But she thinks that the return from the dead trope is being overused. Because we've got Danny Wisbang in the first season. We've got Arthur about three times. She said, when can we ever trust that a character is going to be dead for good? Having said that, she did enjoy most of the season. She would give it a 9.2. And for the first time, and I don't know if I agree with her here. She said for the first time, she felt like there weren't enough episodes. She wanted 10 episodes. She felt like she was being shortchanged. Every minute is used so effectively. But in season five, she thought that there was too many loose ends that didn't get tied up. 
What do you think about all that? I would agree to a certain extent, but I think that this plot is so complex and so different that it would be almost unrealistic if if Tommy just took down Oswald Mosley in a span of six episodes. He was introduced in the first episode, and we kind of got to got to really understand him in like episodes two, and then really got to understand him in episode three. So I almost feel like it would have been too rushed if we saw him take down Oswald Mosley or the lack thereof of taking him down. I think it's better to drag this Oswald Mosley plot across two seasons, just like Stephen Knight did with Inspector Campbell. You know, Inspector Campbell's plot in arc wouldn't have been justified if he just lasted one season. So I think that that's that's the purpose of it being six episodes and 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 having to drag it across two seasons. I love the six episode format. We don't really get it a lot in America, which is why I am so in love with these BBC shows like Killing Eve, like Bodyguard, even like Sherlock, which only had three episodes in each season. I think it's fantastic. I don't. I I can't try to convince someone to rewatch a show or watch it for the first time if they've got 60 episodes, you know what I mean, through the first, like, four seasons. Definitely, and that's, that's like, when when I see someone who hasn't watched the show, I'm like, there's only six episodes six episodes a season, very easy to crank out, like, go ahead. and th- That's, that's very, like a weekend. A weekend yeah, yeah. you can rewatch all four seasons. If you're, you know, if you're sick for a few days, you can, you, can, you can crank it out because you're not getting away from the TV if you're lying in bed sick and, uh, or if, or if you have a snow day, or if, or if there's a reason to stay in the house and uh, nestle up under under some blankets and watch this show, because it's perfect. All right, and then let's talk about the coming back from the dead trope, because I, I've seen shows, Game of Thrones is the one that pops to your head, you know, with, with Jon Snow coming back, but I've seen shows like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Arrow or Arrow on Netflix. I have not. Which is a CW not. show, and it's just like seven, eight characters are all coming back from the dead, and I'm going to have to say that this one... I don't feel that yet. But it's not it, yet. It's because I thought I thought Alfie was alive the whole time. So maybe if you were sh- like shaken up from that, maybe if you thought Alfie was was for sure dead and you, you can't trust it anymore. Whizbang, for sure I thought he was dead in the for, in the pilot. Arthur, for sure I thought he was dead in the finale. But how they did it, it wasn't like they used magic. Right. Exactly. I was about to say that. It's not like it was like fake and unrealistic. This shit happens in real life. People, you know. It, it takes a lot to kill somebody, you know, in real life. So it's 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 realistic. <laughs> Obviously, not that I have experience and that I know, <laughs> but you know, you don't just kill somebody by choking them out with whatever that Arthur was getting choked out. You have to you have to. There's certain parts of the body that that will that will destroy you if you get shot. Bullets aren't aren't a, aren't a perfect system of killing, and so it's it's realistic in a sense. But I do feel that sometimes it's overused, and I really hope it doesn't get to the point where. When people die, it's like, oh, they survived. Like, when Linda got shot, I was like, how the hell did she did she survive? That's a good point. Linda won. That, that kind of pissed us off. It, it, it was like, you, you originally, so I, I see that you changed your stance. You're like, but she got shot in the arm. No, I mean, she did, like, but I, I didn't like that. It but we didn't know that. Like, you couldn't see that, like, right off the bat when, when she was shot. I thought she was just cold-blooded killed. Right, but it, it's only because we're so used to... Stephen Knight not ending episodes like that. That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, it's I. I've got the perfect example here, and we love to to bring in Game of Thrones, and we know you guys are huge Game of Thrones fans because a lot of people have credited you know our our comparisons to something that you like. But remember that episode when Tyrion was sinking in the bottom of the of the water? Yep. Because yep. the 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 stone people were gonna kill him. Yep. And they could have easily ended the episode on him sinking to the bottom of the water, or. Jamie, when he got, you know, smoked by the dragon and 
dove in into the water by uh, by our guy, whatever his name is, Tyrion's right hand man. I'm blanking right now. Jor, uh, not Jor. What's his name? Oh, uh, God, he's the Sellsword. I'm one of the I, best characters in Game I, of Thrones. Bron, 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 yeah, Bron. They could have ended the episode on that too, but it's like they didn't do it. So. I think Stephen Knight ending the episode on on the shooting and everyone on Reddit being convinced that Linda was dead was a little too much of a fake out for me. But all the other ones I'm fine with. But, I mean, also, what I think, playing devil's advocate on why it's also good to, to have those those moments and those non-deaths, because it makes Grace's death and John's death so much more heartbreaking and so much more jaw-dropping and so Game of Thrones-esque. Because remember when I was like, I was like, oh no, Grace is alive. There's no, she's alive. She's alive. She got shot in the, like, the upper, the upper, you know, torso <laughs> yeah. area. She's not dead. And then, I mean, John obviously was dead. But, but, but Michael, Michael could have been dead too. A lot of people probably thought that. Right. And, but it, it makes it, it makes it so like, there's, there's like an even, there's like a balance of both where it's like, people are dying. People aren't dying. It's not this total unrealistic world where everyone gets shot and they survive. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. What we're going to do is we're going to do another feedback episode so that we can give you guys an opportunity to send us more remarks. We've got three or four that we can talk about in the next episode too, kind of talking from Carol, from Ben, a couple theories about the end of this season and leading into the next one, but I want to give you guys a chance. So what you can do is you can comment or tweet at us, facebook.com slash Podcast or by order of Peaky on Twitter. Email us like Christine did, B-O-O-T, peakyblinders at gmail.com. Once again, we cannot ask you more to just tell one friend about this podcast. Go on Apple. Give us stars. No matter how many you think, we don't care if it's two, if it's three. If it is less than five, give us a review on why you think so. I mean, obviously, me not remembering Braun's name is is a huge black mark on my face, and I'm really sad because he's like the best character, so I'm not not thrilled. I'm just going to blame that. And, I'm going to blame that it's really cold, and I'm recording outside right now. And responding to one of our very uh, not nice reviews, I apologize <laughs> for not explaining fascism, socialism, and communism to a perfect T. Daniel kind of just like soft, like softballed me and turned it on me, <laughs> and I was not ready to give a college-level lecture on fascism, socialism, and communism. So I apologize, my two-star reader. Oh, that was a great one. If you guys want to laugh, you can also go on, on, our, on our Apple podcast and just look at some of the reviews. Some of them are great, and we love you guys that left great ones from all over the globe. I'm happy that you guys either translated it to English or just wrote it in English, because some of your names are definitely not from America. So us being from America, we appreciate your uh, your translation. Once again, we are just so happy to have jumped into the top 200. This is not something we could have ever dreamed of. Thousands and thousands of listeners for every episode of the Season 5 Instant reactions, and we hope you guys can continue coming back and listening to us more as we kind of ramble about some of this feedback, and then we go into more things we want to talk about. One of them, who else could have been Tommy Shelby? That's an episode that's coming up later in this month. Start thinking, start sending us who you think, what actor, because I'm not sure I can think of one without doing some research. Maybe Daniel Day-Lewis, he's probably the, the cream of the crop right now. I can't really think of many good actors that can really observe and and turn into that that brummy hero like like killian murphy did there's there's there are a few that i have but don't say them i'm not gonna say them i'm not gonna tease yeah no but there's there's a few that i think that can really pull it off so go ahead send us your feedback go ahead and if you want go on barebottomclothing.com just check it out see if there's anything that you might like whether you're uh, hanging out by the pool or you're bundled up like i am they've got something for each of you and if you use the code peaky 
upon checkout, you get 15% off. Thanks so much to our fantastic sponsor there. Patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. We're going to be diving through season five now, and we're going to continue on our ad-based podcast right here on Apple, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening on Anchor. We're going to continue to go through them. But if you want to cut through the ads, if you want to have an interaction with us like no one can but on Patreon, go ahead and join us there. We're going to have the link on our show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. He's Josh. I'm Daniel, and we binge, so you don't have to.